0: You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. It is an honor and a privilege Uh, to have you um, here. uh, Excuse
1: me. Excuse me. Um, This week you're in my studio, so I'm going to be the host.
0: Uh Uh-oh. I
1: have just been hijacked. You've been hijacked. (laughs) Hey, folks, my name is Tom Rigsby. Jesse is visiting with me this week. We've just been recording some awesomeness uh, here in the studio where I do my weekly radio show for business owners and entrepreneurs. I'm going to do something that uh, is a little different for this show. I'm going to turn the tables on Jesse and I'm going to interview him. Uh-oh. And see what we can get out of the uh, the regular host of the show. So buckle up. This will be an interesting experience.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to you it. You ready
1: for this? I As much as I possibly can be. You don't even know what I'm going to ask. Do I, you?
0: I don't. And, I, and I'm already out of my element because I'm in Alabama and not California. So... <laughs>
1: That's why we do it backwards here. We're in Alabama. Oh, that's mean. <laughs> I should not have said that. It's my hometown.
0: It just so effortlessly came off of your lips. Too.
1: I know. All right. So um, we, you and I have known each other for a long time. Um, I've, we, we talk just about every week. And this podcast and a lot of the work that you do revolves around this idea of recovery. Uh, and we even talked about this a little bit uh, over the weekend, the, the difference between sobriety and recovery. Talk to us about that for just a minute. Well, I mean, what, what is the difference? And and then we'll kind of take off from there.
0: I love this question because so many people think that sobriety and addiction recovery are the same things, and they're not. Whereas, let's look at the way that this whole thing played out for all of us. You know, you have this idea of sobriety. You want to quit what it is that you want to do. And when you do that, that's great. You've quit your whatever that looks like to you. It could be white knuckling it. It could be counting down the days. It it could be counting the moments, right? This whole pink cloud idea. And you think about the five stages of change within recovery. You've got this pre-contemplation, then the contemplation, then the preparation. The action is getting you into sobriety, but that's not what addiction recovery is because addiction recovery is moving yourself into that place where you really start to truly heal. My therapist would tell me when I first got into sobriety, you're not not—you're nowhere near addiction recovery because you're still just in these intermittent stages where one little hiccup could cause you to bounce right back to the bar, or right back to the straw, whatever it might look like. You're, you're, you haven't fully stepped into the idea of healing through your suffering. So when you're in sobriety, you're in those stages where you're still counting the days, you're still white-knuckling it. The minorest of hiccups can cause you to slide backwards. In addiction recovery, you are very comfortable with where you're going each day isn't a test of whether you'll use again or not. Now it becomes a journey through and healing from all of the pain and suffering that led us to addiction to begin with right so i that there are
1: a lot of different terms, a lot of different um titles that kind of float around as we are talking about how we kind of get out of the the environment maybe that caused or that contributed to this addiction. You know, one of the ones that um, that I hear a lot, right, is a, a therapist or a sponsor or a recovery coach. Talk to us a little bit about the different roles that those people play, maybe that they've played in your life, or that um, that that someone who is in sobriety who is still suffering, um, the the. I don't know, discomfort of being there. Yeah. How yeah. these three roles can help them.
0: Let's start with sponsor because I think that's a term that so many of us are familiar with. And I myself didn't go through the AA program, but I am familiar with what it does. And sponsor is the word that comes from there. And a sponsor, generally, from what I've learned from all of my friends in AA, is the sponsor, is, is they work you through the 12 steps and then they become a lifelong friend who you call upon for advice. In many cases, when you're having one of those emotional emergency kind of breakdowns, you call your sponsor and they help reel you back in mm-hmm. and that, that to me that they're so oh oh so valuable and a, a therapist specifically we know from my therapist, they really help us work through um, our mental uh, our emotional baggage that we 're trying to go through whereas you start thinking about what a life coach and we focus on um, setting and achieving goals, and all three of us can work in in each one of those fields, I've certainly helped many people with their emotions. Uh, a sponsor working somebody through their 12 steps is really just getting you to start up-leveling your life. Well, somebody once called me a glorified sponsor, and there were, yeah. I, you know, to me, a sponsor gets that phone call at 3 in the morning when you're, when you're about ready to start boozing and drugging again. I'm not that guy. Don't call me at 3 in the morning. I'm the person who starts laying out a long-term journey strategy for your life so that you can begin to up-level yourself. I just, I'm not the guy you call at 3 in the morning. So one of the things that,
1: because my main area of focus in the work that I do is working with business owners, right? And so we talk about having a plan because just the fact that I went through the process of creating the plan puts me in a position to be proactive and to act with intention rather than having to react, uh, which ultimately comes from a, a place of fear, Right. So if I, if I hear what you're saying correctly, that sponsor is going to be the person where when, when I'm having a crisis, it's somebody I can call the recovery coach or life coach is somebody who's going to help me put the plan together so that I can avoid those crises in the future. Yes. Yeah. So I had, so I, I one of the questions I jotted down here was, well, why do you hire a recovery coach? That sounds like a great reason to me. Yes. It's just to put that plan together. What What might be another reason? Who Who's going to have a circumstance or a challenge that they're trying to overcome where recovery coach or life coach is a great answer for them?
0: When you have a sponsor, when you have a therapist, they you know, for, especially for a sponsor, what training does it take to be a sponsor? Nothing more than having gone through the steps. Right. Now a therapist, they go through years of school and I, and I, and I love my therapist and, and what I do versus what she does. Isn't the same. She'll even tell me, she's like, you're definitely getting into the life coaching aspect. And that's probably where you need to go talk to the life coaches you've hired. Right. Cause I, I do something completely different. And so, you know, I've got almost 6,000 hours now as a life coach in in a, in a business coach, recovery coach, all of this stuff. And to me, it's, it's when you have questions that you just don't, your therapist and your sponsor don't seem to be equipped to answer, that's where I come in. The, the list of questions that I will ask you during a clarity call, and this works really great for people who are just trying to support somebody in addiction recovery too, because you really are more looking for the life coach and the mentor that will guide you through that. And these questions that I ask in my clarity calls and my breakthrough sessions, and then the, the topics we touch upon in all of my podcasts and my video coaching in, in the groups, it's it's it expands so far outward, whereas I really feel like, again, sponsors are, God bless them all, they need to exist, and I hope that you all have one if that's what you desire in your life, where I think that a lifestyle architect, what I like to call myself, we come in when you're starting, you know, the sponsor gets you through the immediate emergency of building, of, of the day-to-day life, I am somebody who helps you build the skyscraper. Right. So... I, you, you know, you touched
1: on an interesting point there. One, one of the, um, I mean, I know you've been very open about your story here on the podcast. And so I'll share a little bit of my story also. Um, my son, uh, was it two years ago, two, yeah. and a, two and a half years ago, passed well, February will be three years, passed away. Um, he basically drank himself to death. Um, the, the amount of, of alcohol that he consumed destroyed his pancreas and liver and kidneys. And he just, his body couldn't recover from that. And so a lot of the conversations that you and I have had have been around helping me understand that and find ways to deal with that and answering some of the questions that I have, because I've, I don't understand that. So is a, is that a, a good application for what you do also? Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, talking with family members or, or loved ones or significant others that are looking for ways to help, but they just don't have the context to understand what's going on in the in the life of this addict.
0: What I'm loving so much about this hijacking of the show is that I really don't know what you're going to ask, and I'm, so I have to actually listen, and I can't just in my head think of what I'm going to say next. And when I look back at <laughs> some of the conversations we've had about your son, This is really where I I feel like it's part of my wheelhouse when it comes to it. Look, guys, when I got sober, I've always felt like as a bartender that I was a bit of a life coach anyways, because people ask bartenders advice all the time, even though we have zero qualifications other than that we're getting you inebriated. But after a while, people came back and kept telling me my advice was awesome and I really should look at this as a profession. And, And I minored in psychology and things of that nature. So when I got sober, I just started up leveling my life, reading amazing material, and I just wanted to begin to share it. And I think with you and I, when you would bring me where you were at emotionally, one of the reasons why part of my focus in my business is helping people in addiction recovery and helping their family members understand this uh, better and the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows, it's just because I speak y'all's language, yeah. right? Like, I've I've worked so much through this. I, I have so much experience just reconnecting with my own family members, helping you understand why your son, you know, did this to them himself and, and what all that was, like... When I think about your son, he wasn't going to be looking for me. He needed a therapist. He needed a sponsor. He needed to get himself into AA, something, right, to begin to move himself forward. I would have come in afterwards once he was like, yeah, I love this sobriety stuff. What can I do now that I'm sober to make my life even better than it already feels just because I'm sober?
1: Well, he, he would have had to have broken the cycle that kept him in an addicted state, right? Once he and just you know from our conversations and my understanding and, and I'm far from the expert that you are, you've got to break that cycle in order to get just to be sober, right? And then from there, if you don't really have a plan moving forward, then you are at a tremendous amount of peril of falling back into that addictive behavior because you are you're reacting instead yeah. of acting. Yes. Right? And so for him, he would have had to have broken that cycle, gotten sober enough to say, okay, I need a, I need a plan. I I need a different plan because this is not working. Right? And then that would be a great place for you to step in and help.
0: It it really is. It makes me think of, I have a friend now who's reaching out and she's beginning to become sober curious and thinking about what a life without alcohol could look like. And, I'm very action-oriented, so I'm like, okay, well, let's start laying out a plan of why you want to be sober, what you think that will look like, what you'll be able to achieve with that sobriety, and then we can figure out the hows of it. Right. Whereas your son was very much like, he needed to get himself into rehab, into, he needed to get himself into therapy and start moving. It's tough, because part of me says, yeah, I could have helped him, and then another part of me says, well, there was a whole lot going on there. I, I would have needed him to bring not just me on, but a whole team. Some people need a team and some people already have a team and they're just looking for that other, you know, if we're going to use a football analogy, some people already have the head coach in in place. They just need the position coach. I'm one of those people that can come in and I can either be the head coach or I can be a position coach. It's really up to them to decide where I'm going to be able to fit into their plan. Okay, let's see if this fits.
1: We'll make this a little bit fun, right? Um, The therapist is defensive, to help you help 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 you understand why you got there in the first place and get out of that. Your your sponsor is special teams, right? Something really bad happens, you can call on on this person to help get you through that. But in order to move forward, you have to go on offense. Right? And so this this role of a recovery coach can help you come up with that game plan to move forward that
0: fit? Yeah, no, we're we're literally riffing this off the top of our heads yeah. right now, and I think that this, is this an analogy? I think, uh, that, Well, yeah, we'll call yeah, it we'll that. Call it, we'll uh, go with that. Yeah, it, uh, yes, yes. I think that, yes, the coach, it, we get you on the offensive, right? right? So you're not waking up every day wondering, what am I going to do today? Oh, what happens if I get hungry, angry, lonely, tired? I might use. No, well, you've got a three-month, six-month, nine-month, however long of a strategy out you desire. We figure that out. Well, there, here, there, right? here's the thing, right?
1: If you and I'm now I'm slipping out of interviewer here, but if you wake up every morning and you have to focus on how am I not going to use today, what are you focusing on? Not using,
0: mm-hmm. but also using and right, right, yes, right. Because what, what is it? Don't pick right now, guys. Do not picture a pink elephant. What you just picture in your head, yeah, a pink a elephant, because the brain doesn't understand. Don't right. So let's
1: give let's let's give our mind something else to focus on. And, and and there's this this knowledge. Well, motorcycle riders, for example, I, mean, I know you took a long trip on a motorcycle, right? When when you're learning how to ride a motorcycle, right, you focus ahead, and on on where you want to be on the road, and your body will see that and respond with the lean and the turns and the twist in order to put you there. If you see yourself going off the shoulder and over the cliff your body's going to push you off the shoulder and over the cliff, right? Don't think about that. Stay on the road. If you're driving a race car, don't think about going into the wall because you'll wind up in the wall. So we have to give our minds something else to focus on. If we can focus on that positive plan. So I can wake up every day and say, okay, I'm not going to do this today. I'm not going to do this today. I'm not. And all I'm doing is focusing on the thing I don't want to do, right? Come up with a plan, a proactive plan. So that you can wake up every day and say, okay, today I'm making 100 phone calls to find a job. Right? Right? Now I've got something completely different that's going to yield a positive result ultimately that I can focus on instead of this bad thing.
0: Well, I love the ball analogy uh, because we 've all at some point thrown a ball, and you guys know i love spo- <laughs> i love I'll, I just love sports analogies but let 's think about a ball you don 't watch your arm go through the entire motion of throwing a ball and then look at your target. You just look at the target and you just throw the ball that way and if you practiced enough, the ball will land where it's supposed to land. And if it doesn't, then all you have to do is just correct by like one degree and the ball will end up going there. But the whole point is that you're always focused on where you want to go. And if the ball goes left or right, and you're like, okay, I don't know why that happened. Well let's think about how your hand is moving when the ball leaves it. But that's what we work
1: on. Well let's go one step further than that. I don't even have to understand the physics of why it works. Right? All I have to know is that if I focus on that spot and I create the same motion every time then I'm going to be able to hit that spot nine times out of 10. Right. And and that's one of the reasons why really good um, athletes, pitchers, golfers, especially golfers, man, they they can't tell you why they're, they can crush the ball like that. It's just just the way I swing the club because they've been doing it since they were four years old. right? Right. They can't teach you that it's just muscle memory to them. Right. So we don't have to understand the, why the mechanics work, we just have to trust that the mechanics will produce the result.
0: Yes. Yeah. It reminds me of NLP. Whenever I'm doing an NLP process on someone, I don't even need to know what the problem is. They know what it is. And I can just start working them through the process without any knowledge of what, it, of what, what the issue is inside of them. They only need to know. And I can just work through this because the process works no matter what the problem is. And I don't need to know what it is. I'm going to say the same words and to a general degree and once once I know that that process works, then it becomes muscle memory, and I hear what somebody is presenting with as their problem, and I say, "Okay, well, mapping across or swish or parts integration this is going to work let's let's do it And when we think muscle memory, it reminds me of when we are the shoot- we so Tom and I went to the shooting range yesterday,' super awesome because I haven't shot a gun in like 30 years. And, you know, I'm thinking about the zombie apocalypse coming up. You know how I feel about that. And we were watching this YouTuber the other day talk about how you need to put like a little something on the side of your gun so that it always always presses up against your face, the same spot, and it gives you the muscle memory. So the idea of what we could accomplish as a recovery coach is we get you into that muscle memory. So each day you wake up with a plan, after a while, the idea of even going back to using is so foreign to you, just like holding the gun at the exact same spot to that guy's face. If it ever wasn't touching that one little spot by his mouth crease, he would know it was off and he would immediately correct. Immediately. This is what we're talking about when we think about recovery. Real deep addiction recovery is the muscle memory of moving forward becomes so ingrained. The idea of ever going back to the way old life used to, it'd be like if you lived on Mars and ran out of water and thought, well, I'm just going to jump over to earth real fast and grab water. No, you're not. Earth is a long way away, right? There's no getting back to Earth to grab some water and come back home. It's not going down to the grocery store to get some milk. This is what addiction recovery is. You're so far away from Earth that you are now on a whole different planet. Yeah. And the idea of using again is so foreign to you. It's like another space and time that you couldn't even return to. So, so let's talk about
1: how this works, right? You mentioned a few minutes ago a clarity call. Um tell- tell us a little bit about the process that you go through when somebody decides, yeah, I've got to come up with a better plan. this isn't working. They find Jesse Mogul online now what what happens next?
0: Well, so many things and Actually, not. You know, I don't want to overcomplicate it, but, you know, something comes to mind before I get deep into that answer is when I first launched this podcast and really got into the idea of helping people through uh, sobriety into addiction recovery, I was just sure. And again, misperception that the only people who were going to find any value in my content were going to be people who had over a one year sober. And I continue to get messages and emails from people who are like, I just got out of rehab. I'm only 33 days in and I found your podcast. It is blowing my mind. You are changing my brain in ways I didn't even know existed. And when I get, I'm getting chills right now thinking about that. So all I, all I really bring to the table is a completely different way of thinking. Right. And, the, and whenever somebody, you know, you can find a way to register for a clarity call on my Instagram from sobriety to recovery. And it really just starts by asking questions that have, you may have already been asked, but we do it in such a way that it causes you to turn inward and answer them at a whole nother level. And yes, I get to use NLP in that process of really getting you to push through the noise, but ultimately it's what is it you're trying to achieve? What is it, where in your life, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, do you want to make a change right now, today? I'm not looking for something that's 14 years away. What do you want to change right now, today? After 30 minutes with me, we will have come up with a way, and you need to go off and implement it. Right. That you will have, at least for nothing else, That this one thing you want to change today, you will have a whole new strategy. And all you'll need to do, because you've agreed to this by getting on the call with me, is to follow through. You come back after following that one clarity call with me and tell me that mm-hmm. that problem is, no, is, is now moved into solution land, I, I guarantee you, you'll start to see the benefits of what I can offer.
1: You know, one of the things that I work with my business clients on is developing an MVP, right? Minimum Viable Product. Because a lot of times what we do is we'll we'll have an idea. And then when, once we start developing that idea, it's like, oh, you know, it'd be really cool. We could do this. And then if we do it well, but to do that, then we've got to have this piece to connect it to. And I'm not really <laughs> sure how to do that. But, but ooh, if we got that to work, then we could do these other two things, too. And before we know it, you know, scope creep has come in. And this one really simple idea is taking up two whiteboards and a piece of paper going down the hall. And we're like, Shit, where do we start? Right. And so one of the, the the exercises that we do is just developing the MVP. We'll go through each one of those features and say, okay, if it doesn't have this, will it work? If it doesn't have this, will it work? If it doesn't have this, will it work? And the pushback I get very often is, well, yeah, it'll work, but it'll be more difficult. Yeah, but we, yeah, this is a hard thing that we're a hard problem we're solving, so difficult is part of what we do, right? I just want to know, will it work or not? And so one of the things that I could see being a challenge uh, for, for the audience is thinking, man, you know, Developing a, a a rational, uh, reasonable everyday life from where I am right now, that's a lot. You know, that's that's a lot of work. I've got a lot of baggage I've gotta unload and, and a lot of stuff I've gotta fix. Um, but I like what you said about here well just one thing. What's yes. the one thing? Let's come up with a plan for the one thing and then tomorrow we'll tackle something else.
0: It's the next simple step theory, you know, and I think I talked about this in episode three or four of the show. It's one day at a time versus I'll never drink again. You know, when my core genius is somebody can say, you know what, I want to become a yoga instructor. And without even them asking me my opinion, I can fast forward 10 years down the road and they are the worldwide acclaimed yoga instructor Mm -hmm. online. They are the guru. They're on Oprah and every other show that could exist. And then I reel it all back in and say, okay, well, this is the step that you would want to take today. order to build this yoga empire, right? It's just like, you guys, look, we all do the one day at a time thing. I'm not perfect, right? Being a life coach and a recovery coach doesn't mean I got it all figured out. It just means that I've got a lot of plans and strategies in place. And that's what we're looking to do for you. So it's like, I I help people with podcasts and they're like, I want to do this, 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 and this, and this with the podcast. I'm like, great. That's a great, let's, let's take all of that down, but let's reel you back in. You don't even have a name for it yet you don't need, you know you don't even know what your three main take key takeaways you want everyone to walk away from the show with every day is so let's reel you back in from this grandiose plan. Or if you're one of these people who is just stuck in, I got to figure out the name. Great. I can fast forward to you 10 years from now when you give the world's most famous podcast. So the beauty of it is, is if you want to be one day at a time and you refuse to see I'll never drink again, I can get you to I'll never drink again. And if you're always at I'm, I'll never drink again and you can't even imagine one day at a time, I can pull you back in and we can get there. Either way, it's beneficial. And that's the beauty of my brain is it just, it sees all of it and it can just reel it in and, and we can start putting together a real plan. Well, and
1: and along the same lines, and a a little bit more of my story, before he died, um, my son was in the hospital twice. Once, he was in there for about two weeks to basically detox, went through DTs, the whole nine yards, was out for six, seven, eight months, something like that, and then went back in again and then died while he was in the hospital a second time. Right after he got out of the hospital the first time, he tattooed on his finger, the inside of his middle finger of his right hand, because this is his drinking hand, right? And he wanted to see it. It, it, This was his logic. I wanted to see every time I was going to bring something up to my mouth to drink, these words, never again, right? And uh, meaning I I never want to get that bad again, right? I've been through the hard part of my body rejecting the alcohol. I don't want to ever have to go through that again. Um, but ultimately that didn't work because he did drink again. And then once he was past that, and well, okay, I've already failed, so I might as well keep going. Right. The the great thing about you know what you teach and and how you help people is this idea that you can be a hundred miles off course, right? But you don't have to go 100 miles backwards to get back on course. You just have to turn left.
0: Right. Just correct right. today.
1: Make one correction today that's going to put you back in the... Now, you're you're coming at it from a different perspective, right? If you quit drinking 10 years ago, you wouldn't have the damage to your body that you got now, but you got it, right? Now what? Right? Now I can put myself on a course to head back in that direction. And, and from a... A coaching perspective, I think that's super important to to understand that. Yes, it's one day at a time, and those days, dimes make dollars, right? Those those days add up to weeks, add up to months, add up to years. And when I look at, I mean, we do this with P4F, right? When we look at at this giant scope of work that needs to be done. Let's just pick the next five, and maybe in this case, it's the next one but pick the thing that's going to make a difference and do that and then come back and pick something else
0: exactly you know we talk about this um, recently i did an igtv episode on pattern interrupt you're you're let's let's take you're arguing with a family member so you're, you're arguing with your spouse and you go into the bathroom it's a pattern interrupt yourself and there's a bottle of booze hidden in there. Right. So you, it's either call your sponsor or drink the booze. Right. And so that's, you call your sponsor. You, okay. What I would help the person with is get to the point where the pattern interrupt would be go outside, take some breathers. And then this is what you're talking about. Radical left turn, Mm -hmm. go in there and say, okay, what we were just doing wasn't working for either one of us. Let's come up with a different thing to heal this now. So that's in that moment. Then you bring that back, right? I've already helped you get to the point where you pattern interrupt yourself. Now you're not hiding in the bathroom. Now you're not needing to call the sponsor. You can immediately go in there and you can rectify this conversation and you can start to at least begin to negotiate a way that both of you can see eye to eye. Then we start thinking long-term, what are the communication strategies you need to have with that person so it never turns into a yelling, screaming match to begin with, that you both know how to stay emotionally grounded in the moment and not emotionally triggered, right? We talk about this all the time, y'all, reaction, response, And so we're looking for more of a response. You talk about reactive versus proactive. This is exactly what we're talking about. You are going to have those reactive moments. Through my coaching, we come up with ways where you stay out of that reactive reaction area. More often than not, you're already in response, proactive. So I would imagine that key,
1: kind of part and parcel of that, maybe a key component of that is recognizing that that trigger. While you might not have control over that trigger occurring, you have absolute control over how you respond to that trigger. Um, and and so, you you know my wife's mad at me again, yelling at me again. I can't I can't deal with this, right? Well, you can't control somebody else's emotions, right? You you might choose to extricate yourself from those emotions, but you can't control their emotions. But you can choose how you respond to that. You don't have to stand there and take it. Maybe you go somewhere else. Maybe you take a time out, walk around the block, come back. Maybe you laugh, you, you know, whatever the case may be. But it, it's finding those triggers and then being honest with yourself about this is what does it for me. Right? And defining that in such a way so that you can can create a new response around that trigger.
0: You know, I love... where you're going with this trigger, it makes me think of choice points. We've been talking so much while I've been here about choice points because cause and effect... And what do we what do we say for the college show we just shot? Personal responsibility, right? You you have no control over anybody else's emotions, their actions, their behaviors, right? You only have control over your 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 own personal responsibility, your own choice points that led you to that. And the idea is to start saying, okay, Jesse, you know, with my spouse, I we have a communication breakdown regularly. How can I alleviate this issue in my life? Great. Well, let's start to discuss where these communication breakdowns are happening so that we can start to begin to build a plan and a strategy. You can bring them in and say, these are the things that I've been discussing with Jesse. These are the things I would like us to start doing. So in the future, we don't need a pattern interrupt. We can both just sit down and say, okay, we are not treating each other kindly right now. Let's figure out a way. Because if your outcome is to hate your spouse, it sounds like you already got that one figured yeah. out. You're well on the path to having right? that one. Yeah. If your outcome is, I want to go to bed and love this person and maybe even kiss and, and make up, then great, let's do that. But if you, that's where the coach comes in. We talk about outcomes and we make sure that the actions that you are, are, are showing the world are leading you to that outcome. Even knowing that other people are gonna step in the way and, and their own energy is gonna cause you to bounce, right? It's like a, a wide receiver doesn't just get to run out there and catch the ball. Five people have hit him along the way, but he still knows his outcome is to get to that spot regardless of what other people are doing around him. Right. Um, what about? So, so what are?
1: What's something that I can do today? Right. Let's say that I'm listening to this. I'm I'm 30 days in, or I'm a year in. Right. And I hear this, and it sounds okay. This is making sense to me. What do I do today?
0: Well, my first question is: What do you want? What What What, what, what outcome are you? What do you mean? Like that? That's so big. What What do you do today? Okay. Physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. Yeah. Let's break it down to the components, right? We talk about my three spheres being career, self-relationship, and all three of those spheres have the same four components. So if you're saying, well, what, what should I do today? Which one of these areas are you looking to up-level today? Right. Physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual. And you can work on all four in the same day. But if you're if you're sitting here at zero, let's just work about one. If you're 200 pounds overweight and you want to have six-pack abs, that ain't happening tomorrow. Right. And there's going to be certain exercises that you just physically, physically cannot do until you've lost at least 150 pounds. So let's figure out what that one simple step is that you can do today that starts moving you towards losing 200 pounds. What is it you said the other day? If you just change 1% every single day yeah, over the –
1: 72 days 72 make 100% days, 100%
0: change. 100% change. Right? It's these, it's these little things. So what area you say, well, Jesse, what should I do today to do what? Make your recovery better? To make your relationships better? To make your communication with those you love better? To make you more present at your job? Just simply ask yourself, career, self-relationships, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. Once you've narrowed it down to, to just one, now you can actually say, okay, what can I do today to begin losing weight? After dinner, I'm going to go for, if you've never taken a walk after dinner, one minute might be ex- super strenuous on your body. Then just do one minute.
1: Well, walk to the mailbox and back. Walk to the corner and back.
0: Right. And now tomorrow, walk to the corner and back twice. And in 72 days, you're going to have no problem walking back and forth to that mailbox 72 times. And tell me you haven't lost some weight.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. I might have hijacked your show for long enough. What's the, what's the one thing before I kind of turn the reins back over to you, what's the one big takeaway you want people to walk away from this show
0: with? Well, I didn't see that one coming. I should have, because (laughs) I ask that question all the time. The one big takeaway, I believe everybody needs a coach. Right. If the idea uh, behind what I do for a living and the idea of having you take over and interview me for this show was to really get into a deeper understanding of what coaching does. You're an amazing coach. I'm an amazing coach. All, so many of my friends, we're all amazing coaches, and the one thing that we seem to always bump heads with people is that, like, why do I need a coach? I think everybody needs to kind of have a coach. I've got a relationship coach. I've got an energy healer. I've got a therapist. I've got somebody 30 years in sobriety who I can call upon to say, okay, this is happening now. What what might this look like 7, 12, 15 years down the road? Where I come in and why I think I'm so valuable to my clients and, and to my listeners to all of you out there is that i i i open up a whole new avenue of thinking for you, and you know Michael Jordan Tiger woods, Lebron James, whatever athlete you may or may not like, you can simply say they would never have become who they are without having a coach. They were inherently good at their at their at their sport as they moved up through it, but had Michael Jordan stopped getting coaching in college and thought he was just going to go to the pros and become an amazing athlete who won six championships. That's just not the case. Right. Too many of those games were close calls. That had Phil Jackson not been the amazing coach he was, Michael probably would have lost, and we'd be talking about the guy who only won two out of six rings instead of six out of six. I'm the guy who helps you make sure that you win six out of six. And they're not. And if you don't, you know, quote unquote, win every day, that's great. It's not failure. It's feedback. And I help you emotionally balance yourself out to realize that anytime it's not going quote unquote your way, it technically is. You just need to change your perspective. And I think that that's what I do so well. I help people change their perspective, see it from a whole new angle so that they can begin to keep taking steps forward rather than stagnate. You're not, you're, you're not stuck. You're standing still. And if you out there are feeling like you're stuck, you're feeling like you can't communicate with your daughter who just got out of rehab, you feel like you can't communicate with your parents because you just got out of rehab, these are things I help people with. And these are things that I would love to be able to help you with today, starting right now.
1: I appreciate you humoring me, letting
0: me take over your show for a little bit. I hope you guys have enjoyed Tom. I love having Tom on. I don't think I've ever had you on the Sobriety Show. I don't think so. You know, and uh, I'd love to have you come back and discuss, because so many people out there, they understand the the side of the addict. And I get a lot of parents who've been listening to this. I know I get their messages and they're talking about my daughter, my son, my, my husband, my wife just got out of rehab and I, and I just don't know how to communicate with them. I don't know where they're at. And you're really helping me bridge that gap. And you know, the conversations we've had about your son, you know, I think when we first started talking and hanging out, uh it was a great way for us to to bond, but mm-hmm. it, it it went so far beyond that. So I could easily see you coming on the show and, and discussing what it's been like for you to heal and cope and move through that.
1: Well, I, you know, it it's not something that that I really have a context for, right? I mean, it it's not I I just <laughs> I don't understand. Still today, I, I mean, I tell you, I tell everybody, I don't, I don't understand. Um, but I'm working on it, and, and I, I recognize that I might not ever understand everything, and that's okay. Um, you, you know, my biggest challenge in, in all of this so far has been this the the nagging question for me is, did I fight hard enough for him? You know. And and I think that this is an important point. All this stuff that we've talked about today, you know, about creating a plan, uh, having a sponsor, having a therapist, having a team around you, none of that matters if you don't want the change to occur, right? Absolutely. You, you can't make somebody build a plan, follow a plan, right? A sponsor can't help you if you don't call them. A therapist can't help you if you're not honest with them or don't keep your appointments. If you don't want to change, there's nothing that your parents, your your wife, your yeah. husband, uh, your kids, none of that is going to matter, right? And so what I have beat myself up for the most is did I fight hard enough? Um, And, and I still struggle with that, but I, I know... Every time I I have this argument with myself, I know that he didn't want to change. Yeah. And, you know, would he have wanted to change if I'd guilted him harder? If I, you know, if I'd yelled at him more, if I'd loved on him more, if I'd done this, if I'd done that.
0: Um, That's the hard part for me he tattooed never again on his finger and still didn't listen to himself. Yeah. You know, I I remember last time I came through town, your daughter hit me up via Facebook and she's just like, you know, why did he do this? Why wasn't my love for him enough? And I, and I was like, you know, you've got to understand that this had nothing to do with you. He made his decision. He had his own life plan. And you know, you would think that love would be enough, right? Love is always the way it's, you know, some people, they have their own, their, their own journey. To go down, yeah. And it's like the worst thing that I, I that, that's what hurts me the most is, you know, for anybody in my family to think that I chose this route based on their actions and, oh, if I'd have loved Jesse enough, maybe he wouldn't have gotten into cocaine for 12 years and all this jazz. I mean, that's just not the case. I already knew I didn't want to be doing this stuff. And yet every single day I kept getting up. I didn't get the words never again tattooed on my finger, but I can assure you 10,000 times I woke up in the morning and I said never again. You know, I, I used to joke that I ch- I drink so much that I changed my DNA, you know, and it became you know, oh I'm not an alcoholic. They go to meetings, and that became sort of the laughable yeah. thing that we would say to ourselves as we were on our fifteenth shot of Jaeger in one night. Um, and yeah, it's it's
1: well, in in his moment of clarity, he he wrote a reminder to himself on his hand, you know that that would never go away, and. And it, and as you said, it still wasn't enough. So I, I don't know. It the, Those are the kinds of things that I am working through. And, yeah. and it, you know, it, it is a challenge, but we keep doing it. We, we parents, the loved ones, we keep doing it one day at a time too. So happy to come back and talk about that. Yeah, I think it would be that. very
0: valuable. Because again, it just seems that lately, and maybe it has something to do with the pandemic. I have been in an inordinate amount of of people have been reaching out to me via Instagram, especially, you know, talking to me about their child or their spouse coming out of rehab. Uh, I think a lot of people fell deep into the hole during the pandemic. And a lot of people have subsequently been digging themselves out of that hole of despair. And of course, turning to alcohol and drugs during a pandemic just seems like a natural thing to do. Well, and I I can see it
1: being uh, unavoidable when everybody's at home, right? You Might be able to yeah kind of ignore the signs or kind of ignore that that behavior when everybody's being you know able to leave every day and go about their way, but you know when that's not the case, everybody's locked up at home. it's kind of in your face, you have to deal with it, yeah I could see that
0: yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, they said that, you know, you know, tons of people relapse. I don't know where they came up with that statistic, but uh, tons of re- quote unquote tons of re- people have relapsed during the pandemic. And I'm like, I don't know would, would it would have been any less than the, how many would have relapsed in a normal spring, you know, to right. the oh, I'm stuck at home. Well, I mean, if you had a good addiction recovery strategy, things that I help people work through. Then all of a sudden, being furloughed from your job and having three months off just means that you would have worked on that business you always wanted to start. Right. you'd have picked up the guitar, the ukulele. Hell, I don't know. You'd have just started, you know, you doing coloring books with your kids again. It there's a there's an infinite amount of things people could have been doing in their houses. Eating and drinking and drugging were not the only options, but they were the easiest options.
1: Right, agreed. And all I right. th- and I think Blame. that's where
0: people they they need to see that the easiest isn't always the best. Is it right. ever the best?
1: Um. Simple, simple. The simple. simple is the best, but simple is not always easy.
0: Mm. That's a great way to finish the show, right there. Good, Sim- I like that. Simple, simple is not always easy, and and I think that's what you all need to be thinking about out there. I hope that you've enjoyed the turning of the tables. Thank you so much, Tom, for being a part of all this. I'm in a studio in Alabama. And Woo. I feel like I feel so professional because there's a microphone in front of me and it's fancy and it looks like something from 1933. Uh, Everybody out there, please, if you want to have more of a conversation about this, October is starting soon. I'm going to be putting out a ton of content in the month of October. So if you're sober curious, if you know somebody who's sober curious, sober, you want to uplevel your life, there's going to be content galore coming out because I'm launching a brand new program for people in addiction recovery, people who are just new into sobriety, where we really dive into what it is to create the life that you've always desired. I'm a lifestyle architect, and that's what I do at my core, the best. I figure out what it is you want to do with your help and we get you on an action plan towards that. So I'll be launching that program at starting in December so that we can really get yourself moving forward. So be looking for registration for that in November. As always, College Success Habits is available on Amazon. I could have called it Sobriety Success Habits. It's such a damn good book. Go check it out. Buy it on Kindle. I've left it at a dollar for you all because I want everybody to get a hold of that content. I could keep rambling on, but I think we are probably reaching on an hour. Where are we at? 43. Only 43 minutes. Not so bad. So, as always, remember inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy. Release it and watch your life flow. See you again next week, y'all. Bye bye.